Welcome to the Nerd Under Geek Podcast. Episode 69 is Sunday, the 7th of November, 2021, when we're recording this. I am your host, Cal Doughty, joined as always by the Emperor of Space himself, everybody's friend, Scott Hunter. Scott, how are you doing? The house that controls the most spice controls Dune. That's what there I There are it. no limits, no reservations. Use of atomics is forbidden. That's it. That's that's the the is that the Emperor of Space? Is that what he says? Uh, that is, that is what he says in the opening cutscene for the video game June two thousand by West Very Studios. Very good. Very good. Episode sixty nine, Scott. That's the sex number. Oh you my god! You got anything god. to say about no. that? Uh, nice. It's very nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, good. Yeah, Everyone, go out and if you are able to do a sex in whatever <laughs> manner is part, is good for you uh, and for <laughs> anyone you're doing it with. That's it. Listen to this podcast while you're doing it. Um, <laughs> please, please don't. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, no, we've given them cut. You're doing well. Like, keep going. <laughs> yeah, keep it going. You're you, almost there. It looks like your partner or partners are really loving it. <laughs> Make sure to pay them enough attention too. It's not all about you. How have you been? How have the past three weeks been for you? Uh, I've been quite well. I've been out and about doing a lot of stuff in my life. Uh, I went to a Warhammer tournament, which we'll talk about. I saw several movies, which I've talked about a bit with my mate John on the podcast. Last week's episode, talked about Dune, but we're going to talk about Dune more because I really want to know your thoughts on it. Okay. Uh, I've been um, doing my swimming. I've been, I told you in the pre-podcast catch-up, I've taken up playing the trumpet again. Yep. That's been good. (laughs) Why haven't we got a cover of you doing the intro music on trumpet? Do my my trumpet intro. (laughs) Maybe maybe after a few more months when I get a bit better. Yeah. At some point, there's going to be a trumpet cover of our (laughs) intro, outro music, and it will be good. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. I I don't know. It's, It's guitar, our intro music. I don't know if it will really translate to trumpet very well. Alright, I'll do that. I'll do a cover of your cover. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just got to get that going. It's good. Yeah. Um, I'm good as well. I've had a good few weeks. Like uh, We were recording this again th- three weeks after the, the previous one, although we did have the, the bonus episode, which you did with John, in between. I recommend people go listen to that bonus round. Who do you think you're talking to? Yeah, good I, I, title. That's thank you very much. Fun titles, all cow. Puns fun, are good. Um, yeah, so it's a good good episode where you chat, you chat about the the film June, which just came out. Uh, but I've been I've been good. The the last week and the week before, I've been quite ill. Or not not like quite ill, just like like a, the super cold that's going around. So I've been very coughy, uh, very sniffly. Not able to speak in like long, like long sentences or anything. It's been it's been tough, uh, and it's something that I think a lot of, is affecting a lot of people. I went outside like for one day. I go to work every day, but like I went out after work for one day, and then immediately the day after, I could just feel it, and I was like, "Oh no, here we go, this is happening," and it was just rough times. I do kind of feel like like having a cold is a is a, is sometimes for me. This might be weird. Uh, a nice winter feeling. Like it's sort of like we sort of it, just feel it, it inside to mind you. Days where you you get to stay home from school, and yeah. if you're me, you watch the X Files. 
And if you're me, you play RuneScape. Yeah. Um, my so mum, like, when I, whenever I was sick as a kid, she would never let me play games. She'd be like, if you're too sick to go to school, you're too sick to play video games. Oh, yeah. But same, she, but but she was fine with me just watching like an entire season of The X-Files. <laughs> It's weird, isn't it? Like, yeah. like being too sick to go to school doesn't mean you're too sick to just sit in one place and yeah, you know, play a game or, or watch something. It's it's uh, when my kids are sick and they're off school, Scott, they'll be video game central. <laughs> Give them the run of the house, run of the house. They can do what they want, and that's why I'll be a bad dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I've had that, and it's made me. It does. It does. It does make me a little bit. I don't know. It's 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 when it when it was when it was wearing off a little bit, but it was just a little bit there. I've I've just it just made me feel a little bit warm. And I don't. It was weird. It's weird. I, I didn't I didn't mind it towards the end, but certainly towards the start, that was that was rough times. And I do think you know when you are an adult when like because when you were a kid, if you got like a cold, like not really sick, but if you got like a cold, that was like almost a cause for celebration because it was a legit reason to stay home and not go yeah. to school but as if you're an adult you get a cold and you're like oh i've got stuff to do i still yeah i basically you kind of still have to go to work even if you like unless you are like really bed bound i mean i would have worked from home i think mm. if my boss hadn't been on holiday yeah uh, so i was like okay i'm and because you just started I'm a new job got, as well, right? exactly yeah i'm so the authority you, i've you, got to go in been. Yeah. I've got to be sick around other people. Like that's what I feel worse about. Like whenever my my team have been like really sick recently, I've said, "Oh yeah, you can stay, you can stay home. You can work from home." You know, it's if if you want to, if you feel like you're able to work and you don't want to come into the office, that's fine. Um or if you if you're unable to work at all, that's also fine. But I I very much felt like, "Oh, I've got to go in with this." And it would have been nice to not not do that, but it's fine. We got through it and I'm all better now. And everything's going good. I ha- I was able to watch some films. Uh, I was able to play some games, and I've got things to talk about. But do you wanna do you wanna start with the Dune discussion yeah, so people do, can skip ahead if they uh, want but... to? <laughs> well, we've both seen Dune. Tell me about your. I've I've talked about my experiences of Dune at length. Talk to me about yeah, how you're like. You... You're like a big Dune fan. I'm a, like, I'm but, a big I'm a big Dune head. I'm a worm head. Yeah, the, I'm, the, I'm a big <laughs> emperor worm. The um the like all, all the time I've known you since you were like 12 years old, your screen name for like games and things has been a reference to Dune. Yes. You know, so it's it's you, that is very much a big part of your Identity? It's part of my very identity. If you don't like this film, Cal, you're attacking me. <laughs> you better know that. No, I, I mean, wasn't, it's, I wasn't it's, sure it's, if it's going to be one of those things where, like, it's a new film. You're like, oh, they've done, they've done Dune wrong. It's something I've <laughs> always been a fan of. I've always, yeah. uh, since I was quite young, I've always enjoyed the, the Dune universe. Is that, is that from the, is that from watching like the original film or from reading uh, the book no, or it game started or what? With the, it started with the game. So what, okay. I think we've said before. Some of my earliest video game memories are visiting my uncle and playing Dune 2 from on his old, old PC. Did you get into uh, your, his- your history of Dune at all in the previous podcast? I've, I can't remember. Uh, actually, I didn't really. No, yeah, that's, that's what I thought. Um, so I thought it'd be so, worthwhile just asking you a bit about that. Yeah, so I, I, that's like my earliest game memory is playing Dune 2, uh, which was a strategy game by Westwood Studios and very, like... That kind of got me interested. It had, um, you know, they, they used a lot of very evocative imagery from the books and so on. Uh, and it 
and kind of explored that universe until a child. Uh, yeah, I found it really fascinating. And then there were a couple more games when I was sort of older enough to play the games on my own. June 2000, Emperor Battle for Dune, two, uh, two more strategy games by Westwood. Um, which That was my introduction, basically, was watching those cutscenes and <laughs> playing those games. And then I read the book sometime as a teenager. Did you know uh, that you can play the original game in browser now? Is June that June two. or June 2? June 2. Oh, really? That's I've just, cool. like, Googled Where June 2, it? and it's like a thing that just takes you to a browser version. They've just converted it to a browser game. It's, like, June, got a weird June. sort of, like... It almost looks like everything's been drawn. Like, the cutscenes look like they've been drawn in paint. Is hmm. that right? Uh... I guess so. They were, they were made... It was, like, MS, an MS-DOS game. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly, very limited. Yeah. Yeah. Color palette. Oh, play online. Yeah, exactly. Uh, give us a house Atreides. There's like a whole thing. Okay. Oh, they got the, the music and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all there. That's, that's oh, cool, nice. isn't it? What a fun thing. Um, cool. So that's, that sort of like got you into, into, into it and everything. And then you've just used the name like Shy Hullard Worm for ages. Right. I'm surprised I'm that wasn't... Playing Dune 2 <laughs> Before it takes off the entire podcast. Well, I imagine it's going to happen later for you. Um, I am surprised that that name wasn't taken up everywhere you went. Uh, it's because my usual screen name, I did want the Shai Halud, which is um, you know the thing we call the sandworm in June, but that usually was taken, but Shai Halud worm is usually not taken. Okay, very cool. Very nice. Um, anyway, that's, that's my history of June. So I'm a big Juner, a big yeah. June head. <clears throat> Uh, but you didn't know anything about Dune. I know, you've never, I know you've never been to Arrakis before. No, I haven't. I, the only the only knowledge I have of Dune is your like of it. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's my only ever sort of like experience of that world is this is a thing that Scott likes, which means usually it's some old thing that I don't care about <laughs> until, they make a, until they make a new version of it. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was was really cool it was very well directed it was it was having not experienced anything with it before i was surprised by how much of it i was like oh this is the sort of sci-fi i'm into you know like it's it's that sort of grand science fiction stuff that 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 feels like incredibly fantastic fantastical but like with the designs and everything is just very evocative of a certain it gives it, there's a certain feeling to it all that i feel like has reached into the rest of like it's, it's influenced a lot of science fiction following it oh. and it was it was it was weird to see like oh so that's where all this stuff comes from that i'm that i'm actually quite into uh so that was really cool uh it, it was very serious uh not a lot of jokes in it which <clears throat> no there, there's zero quips yeah there, there is zero quips which i actually quite like should have uh, got there might, there might have been there might be script there might be one this? joke i think i don't know <laughs> Um, like, I I, like, <clears throat> what's what's difficult is I I sort of like go either side on jo- like because I don't like when something takes itself incredibly seriously when it's a, when it's actually quite silly, um, but I also don't like things that are just constant quip central when you could take like things that could take themselves a bit more seriously in order to ground it, um, and this was definitely on the very serious takes itself seriously side like it it was treated like an important thing you know like it felt like i was watching something big and i didn't actually mind that so much like i i, I was worried that i was going to go into it and be like 
okay, this is this is very silly. There's a big worm called Shai Hulud, and no one's making any jokes about it. But I, I found it all incredibly gripping. What you wanted is you wanted like Gurney Halleck to be like, I've got a big worm as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Boing. But no, it's, it was it was incredibly gripping. Um, I found it relatively okay to follow. Like I was, I was, I was. It was one of those things where I was worried that, like, with all the different house names and all the different lore going on in the background, you know, I hate lore. Um, that I would find it like difficult to follow, like the House of Trades, um, the 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 the. I, I forget the names, but then you've got like the the War Race, who are all like angry. Um, and they've been kicked off the the, the people who've been kicked off the planet to start with. Well, the Harkonnens, yeah, that's the one. They're like a they're like a war race, right? They they, they're all like they're all like metal and hardcore and shit. Yeah, they're just mean. Yeah, exactly. Just really mean. Um, but no, I was able to follow it quite well. I'm intrigued by where it goes. I'm intrigued by like the grander story. I thought it was very funny that Zendaya, for the fact that she was in like all the promotional materials she's in it for all of like five minutes uh who's zendaya is she cheney or is she leah kynes you not i don't she's the girl that he keeps seeing in his in his oh visions. yeah cheney yeah okay um yeah she's in it like not very much and yet she's like in all the promotional t- mm-hmm. material with with timothy chalamet who did a great job as well by the way i thought um Timothy, I, I, as I'm going to call Tim, Timmy, uh, as I'm going to call him now. We called him that in my house, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, I was worried that he wasn't going to be, I've not seen much of like his acting before, but he seemed like very boyish and I was worried that I was going to be watching a film not able to take him seriously, but I thought he was pretty good. I thought he did a good job of it. I thought everyone did a good job of it. Oscar Isaac was great. Um, Stellan Skarsgård was great. Yeah, I had, I had a very good time with it and... I'm really looking forward to seeing more in three years' right. time, I guess. So you got the plot? Yeah, I got the plot. Okay, uh, it's, it's Big Sand Planet. Everyone's fighting over it because spice is the way that you do inter- interstellar tra- like, um, transport. Yeah. And so it's very important, but it's also a drug. Yeah. That gives you visions. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a colonized, it's a colonial film. Yeah, they make it a bit more explicit, the colonial message. Oh, was that not explicit previously? Uh, it, it is there in the books, but it is not quite... Like, the Dune movie opens with a narration being like, my people, my planet is occupied by a foreign force. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's very much like, oh, when one set goes, we're just wor- wondering when the next set are going to come along. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was very good. I enjoyed it a lot. What was your... Um, I I was I wondered if it was one of those things where it was like they would do it wrong, you know, like like they try and like a, make a modern blockbuster version of it, but it didn't feel like that. I don't, I, I knowing nothing about the the story itself at all, um, it didn't feel like it was just like doing a Marvel version of some old. Book. Oh no! Uh, like know? I said, I said in the the, the previous <clears throat> episode of the Dune uh, cast. I kind of wish they'd been a bit more like radical with changing the structure because I think that's a major kind of falling point is like they retain the structure from the books, which means the movie ends on kind of a yeah. satisfying note. It does, yes. It's, it's, uh, Paul it's... fights some guy. Jameis, everyone's favourite, Jameis. 
Yeah, a man who he's, who he's he, has, he has vision. He, he, has, he has some visions of, I guess. Um, yes. And the visions don't quite come true, or the visions are like you, you love Jameis. The visions are like Jameis. metaphorical visions, like yeah, he sees himself dying, but he has to. That means he's killed. Paul Atreides must die so that Paul Muad'Dib can live. Yeah, he kills it when you kill someone. You kill your old. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, yeah, it's it's what it, what I likened it to. And I wish they had. I sort of wish they had done this. Is Lord of the Rings, in the Fellowship of the Ring, also has a big battle, and then afterwards it ends with some people like walking and going to like going to do the next thing. And so like the Fellowship of the Ring does also kind of end on a sort of anticlimactic note, where it's like come back next time. But and that's sort of, that's sort of what happens here, as well. But obviously it's it's difficult because they've not filmed the next one yet. Yeah, but it's, it kind of suffers through like being an adaptation of half of a book, whereas at least Fellowship of a Ring was an adaptation of a full book that yes. was intended to be read as a single book. So this, so Dune the book is not multiple books. Uh, there are multiple Dune books, but the, the movie is an adaptation of about the first half of the first book. Okay, because I hear they're doing three of them. Okay, I don't know what they're going to do with number three. Um, or if they're just going to three films to adapt the first book. But they kind of got through the first half of the book. Works for The Hobbit. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they'll adapt Dune Messiah, which is truly unfilmable. I said oh, that really? last time. Uh, well, <laughs> because Dune Messiah is all monologuing. <laughs> Oh yeah, Dune no, the book you. has a lot of monologues. Gene Messiah is like all monologues. I didn't mind how much talking was in this. Like it, it felt it felt structured well enough for most of it, where the mix between people just chatting about some space bollocks and people like actually doing some things was it was a good mix between them both. But I couldn't imagine just a film of monologuing. Do you think you'll seek out the book, or do you think you'll wait for the next I'll wait for the next film. film. Um, I would like to say I'd seek out the book, but we know that I wouldn't end up reading it. You you won't read. I I would recommend the audiobook. That's the primary (coughs) way that I read Dune now, is through the audiobook. How many times have you read it? Um, Like three or four. Wow, okay. Yeah, I'm nearly nearly completing a listen now. Uh, I would would recommend. I don't really have time to do audiobooks anymore. Like, it's not because I... Don't like get trams or walk cycle now. Yeah. cycle everywhere. So it's like mm. that's my that would be my, my podcast audiobook time. I've not listened to a podcast in uh, not that any of us exist in <laughs> months at this point. Oh my god! And, and you weird. don't listen to stuff while playing games, do you? No, I don't. I like you the, listen I like to the, game, the mu- music. game music like a freak. The um, <laughs> I will listen to things while playing Fortnite, but it's usually soundtracks like the the, the two playlists I put together, okay. uh, depending on what sort of mood I'm in. Um, so. Yeah, I, I don't have any podcast time anymore, which means I probably don't have any audiobook time anymore. Uh, Soz about it. <clears throat> did your fiancé see it with you? She did, and she had a great time as well. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, she, re- she really enjoyed it. Um, again, she, your, like, your fiancé likes sci-fi. She does like sci-fi. She's seen Star, Star Trek, whereas I haven't. Um, she Her sort of st- sci-fi that she likes is this sort of like big, grand well-detailed stuff that is, isn't is just, like, the things that we have put in space. Like, mm. <clears throat> she likes Star Trek, she likes Gundam. Um, so this is very much, like, up her street. In the far future. Exactly. Or j- just, things that, worm. just things that look, like, completely unique, but well... Like, the way, way you can see that, like, every sort of detail has been thought of. 
is is what sort of tends to interest her. When when they like put actual focus on like this this the structure of the science fiction, like okay. like, for Gundam well, I, you've I got you've got these big space case, stations. Yeah. In that case, she would definitely enjoy the book because they go into Frank Herbert goes into a lot more detail. Oh no, she likes looking at them. She doesn't like reading them. Oh, okay. Similar to, <laughs> well, similar to me. Uh, it's fine. I'll just talk at length about it when I next see you. <laughs> I believe you. I I believe you. Um, they didn't even get into the workings of a chome company in the movie. Didn't even mention chome once. Are they the guys that run the uh, the little space tunnel? No, that's the Spacing Guild. Okay. The Spacing Guild and Chome are two different things. So and the, knowing, the space, <laughs> I really like the space tunnel. I I don't want to yeah. ever want to know about how it works. Okay, it's, it's just like a it's just like a weird. I was about to tell cylinder, you how it works. Right? Oh, so it, uh, it does explain how it works, does it? Uh, it wasn't clear. So, um, like, so the Spacing Guild in Dune has a complete monopoly on space travel, and they have spaceships. Um, in the books, they just have like these big space liners, which you know fold through space to go. In the movie. They have these big cylinders, and it's not entirely clear if that is like the guild ship, and that's a thing that moves, or if it's more like a hyperlane kind of thing. They kind of leave it ambiguous, right? I like that. Yeah, that's good. I don't want to know. Um, but the spice um, makes space travel pro- possible because it allows the navigators to basically see the future and see like the safe path through space. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Nice Before interesting. that, they used computers to do it, but. Like one in every like hundred trips would be a horrible disaster. So it wasn't oh, good. so good. Yeah, not worth but with it. the spice, you can go every time, and it's yeah. fine. Uh, I kept on expecting um, Paul, but and by the way, like I get that it's like the book, but calling your main character in a big space epic from the future Paul is just kind of like Paul Atreides. It's like give him, give call him Paulicus. <laughs> yeah, Polybius. So it's like, Okay, Olivia's a traders. Uh, yeah, I, I hey, June is a universe with, with with names like Paul, and then some other guys called like Fade Ralpha. Yeah, or the Beast Raban. or you've got um, who, Bernie Hallett, who was, Duncan who Idaho. Who was played Duncan Idaho? That's it, Duncan. Duncan. But then Who's Idaho is his yeah. surname. Is it's, it's does Earth still exist in this world? Uh, it's um, if it does, everyone's forgot about it. It's, and yet you're still called Idaho. Okay. Yeah, well, it's a it's a memory. Fufir Howard. Yeah, Lito traded. Okay, and Jessica. You didn't like Jessica. Which one was Jessica? No. Jessica was his mum. Oh yes, they don't right, use that name that often. I do have to discuss with you. Did you pick up in the scene where they are like on the sand flat and they have to change their still suits? There's like a weird shot where they look at each other awkwardly, and it's like, are they trying to imply some sort of sexual tension between I was, Paul and his mum? I was questioning that. I sort of <laughs> just assumed that it was. It was just like. They're a bit awkward, but they were, yeah, it, oh yeah, because because they need but, to get changed and they don't want to like look yeah, at each other. But like everyone else, I um I can't believe I didn't bring it up with John. Um, but everyone else, like everyone I know who saw it in London, uh, said they all picked up on this like weird implied sexual tension. It's such, such a weird month. specific thing. I don't know. Yeah, it was it, odd, wasn't it's it? very weird. That's not in the books. It's that just is one there. thing that's that's not in the books. Yeah, very odd. <clears throat> very very weird. Um. Yeah, that's, that's June though. Good stuff. How long until how long to to the next one? I've got no idea when will next film. Took like June. four years to do this one, but then like, you did have the pandemic. Yeah, but but they do now have like all the props and stuff built. Like they got all so. the costumes. Yeah, and... they've got they've got the sand. 
Just got to go back yeah. out to that desk. They got all the, like, they've put all the sand in the studio lot. Yeah. Yeah, all those shots from the desert were just, um, that was like the Paramount lot or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just got that there. Like, they've already dumped all that sand there. Might as well use it again. All right. I don't know when the sequel's going to come out. Speaking of deserts, by the way, yeah, uh, this is my segue into the next the next thing. Okay, Sable. Oh, you, heard yeah? of, you heard of Sable? I've not heard of Sable, so tell me. About um, it. What's your favorite bits about Breath of the Wild? My favorite bits about Breath of the Wild um, was the unique visual style. Okay, uh, and uh, probably the um, the climbing. The climbing, but I mean, like, like. <laughs> For me, Breath of the Wild, what was what was so good about it was that feeling of I'm, exploration. I, I'm trying to anticipate what you want to oh. say and say the opposite. <laughs> uh, I d- I did like exploring, yeah. Like that feeling of like just you set a, you've set a path, but you constantly get distracted by things that look interesting. Um, I hate that. Pardon? I hate that. I hate, hate being that. distracted by things. I want to go to my objective. Stop distracting. Me. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine if you had Breath of the Wild, but you took out the combat. From the game. All right. So it's like yeah. you you have a game that is strictly about the exploration and discovery aspects of Breath of the Wild, but none of the actual fighting bits. And that okay. is Sable, which is a um, it's an indie sci-fi game uh, where you play a young girl called Sable, and she, you live in this desert. Um, like every, every like entire place is this is this big old desert. It's got an incredible art style based off of um some comics by a guy and <laughs> uh, <laughs> i've forgotten his name so just it's a it's a it's a guy who's influenced like this art style but it's like this very sort of like purposeful line art to it all google it quickly now so you can yeah. see what i'm on about okay. well, everything's got like an outline to everything yeah. and right, it's, it's got some game it's a 3d game and he's got some right. incredible like colors to it all uh so you you play sable who's this little girl going out or not look like teenage girl going out on something called the gliding which is where she leaves her village and she has to go exploring the world to to decide what sort of person she wants to be and everyone in everyone goes on this gliding as like a rite of passage and the idea is you go out into this world traveling how you want to like there's quests you can follow you can go from like town to town but also as you go out and explore you're constantly like going Oh, I wonder what that is over there. And suddenly you come across a spaceship, and on the spaceship there's logs which say, "Oh, we, we're we're traveling from Earth. We found this planet. Oh, we're getting sucked into gravity well." And all you are is explore, you're just exploring around this space wreckage, and just suddenly finding out about what happened to the spaceship. But it doesn't. It's like unrelated to what your actual goal is. It's just like discovery aspects, and it's just this incredibly chill fun like exploring experience that that i really like so what i really liked from breath of the wild was just being able to sit down go okay i'm just going to go discover what i want to today and just go relax and go explore a bit and that's what this game is uh it, it had some technical issues to start with like when it first came out it's um it's on pc and xbox and also game pass so not on switch then not on switch but um mm. Uh, so when it first launched, it had some technical issues, like quite a lot of hitching and some weird like lagging and things, which have mostly been ironed out now. Where it's an experience that you can play without being distracted too much, but it's it's made by a two person team, and it's just I really like it. It's got a soundtrack by Japanese Breakfast, uh, which is uh, a mu- musical artist who I really like. Um, it's just a very chill, fun experience. That's on that's on Game Pass. I'd recommend it. 
Oh, maybe I'll check it out. I, I feel sorry to say, but I do want it on Switch. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what they've what they've said about that. So I know it was partly like leading into like the release. I know that it was on a lot of Microsoft presentations. So I'd imagine they've partly like given some sort of production towards it. Although it's not another thing. It's in the credits or anything. Um, let me Google Sable well, on hope Switch. If it's been successful, which is, it's got critical good reviews, um, hopefully yeah. they will have some budget to make a Switch port. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's a great time. It's also got the climbing from Breath of the Wild. All right, but it doesn't have <laughs> the like Yiga clan popping up every five minutes. It doesn't have the Yiga clan. It's got no combat or anything like that, so you don't have to worry That's about good. speaking to the wrong person and suddenly like, ha, 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 I'm the Yiga clan, and I'm going to attack you. Um, it's it, even worse after you defeat the Yiga clan. Yeah, and they still pop up. Yeah, Bad decision, good. Nintendo. Bad decision. Well, Never patched it out. No, they didn't. <laughs> Um, so that was my that's my first game of this podcast. What's your next thing? You saw another film. All right, I saw another film the same day I saw June. That evening, I went back to the cinema to go and see Halloween Kills, and it was fucking shit. Really, I've heard this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so obviously, this is kind of um, we didn't really do anything with Halloween this year on this podcast. No, we kind of miss over it. But this was obviously pre-Halloween. I'm like, I, I want to get out to go see a horror film. In the cinema, there's not much out really this year for you know COVID reasons, but they made Halloween Kills. Uh, I'm Halloween's a horror franchise that goes all the way back to 1978. <coughs> one of your favorite movie, Halloween. My, one of my favorite movies. It's a masterpiece. Uh, then a lot of the sequels are not really great films, but are like plenty of fun. So um, you know, there's there's a lot of Halloween sequels in several continuities. Yeah. Um, um, a lot of this them are is quite like, enjoyable. This, this like it, follows the original continuity. This, this is a sequel to the Halloween 2018, which was itself a direct sequel to the first Halloween. Yes, so that is kind of its own continuity. The 2018 one was t- was like well received, I think. And we saw, and I think we probably talked about it on this very podcast because yeah. we were we were going back then. Uh, Halloween 2018 was a very good movie. I thought uh, uh, an interesting entry in the Halloween franchise for the 40th anniversary. It did some some interesting things with like Jamie Lee Curtis's character, who was in the first movie, and she was kind of um, it kind of caught up with her 40 years later. And I thought they did some interesting things with how you know this kind of trauma she suffered kind of ruined her life, mm-hmm. um, and she but also like she carried it with her for like 40 years, but most of like the rest of the world had kind of pass them by right there were some murders in 1978 that was bad but like who's remembering that in like 2018 um and stuff like that so that was i thought that was a for 2018 was a very interesting film uh and very enjoyable but it is a law of a halloween franchise but for every good entry in the series there must be a sequel that is raw piss and if and halloween kills is it really it's it's real bad. It's not even entertaining. Like I wasn't expecting it to be great, but I was expecting at least like some entertaining stuff from like a slasher movie. It's not entertaining. So you know how in Halloween 2018, the whole point was like Jamie Lee Curtis had kind of had not dealt with this trauma and it ruined her life, while the rest of the world had kind of moved on. Right. Well, now the entire town is obsessed with Michael Myers, and he's like the ultimate evil, and he's the most important thing in the world. Oh, they've done that, have they? Done that. So they, they've taken their law too seriously. Yeah, they they have taken their law way too seriously, and they also like they bring back a bunch of random characters from the first movie. The Doctor Who with, like, problem. 
complete with like original actors who were like little kids at the time and are now like 50 something this happens um, a lot with things now like yeah. ghostbusters has this problem i think you know like these these old films yes. which weren't designed oh yeah they're, to be they're taken making, like that like, like ghostbusters is like this irreverent comedy from the 80s and now they're gonna treat there's i saw the trailer for a new ghostbusters and they're gonna treat everything like a sacrosanct yeah like it's some big important thing and that wasn't the point like it was meant to yeah. just be a comedy controversial opinion ghostbusters is all right yes it's fine Go, it's, it's fine it's a perfectly fine comedy i i don't know if i just like wasn't a kid when i saw it for the first i watched it as a child on like video or like dvd or whatever and i watched it as an adult i've got to say I don't know if it was just like fresher at the time. Like, I mean, I it was quite, like the, the, it was the much, things that they did yes, was, was did. The, for the first time but, in that film. You know, w- watching it as <clears> I did as in like 2000 or something or 2002 when I was 12, it's it's okay. It's good. It's, it, right it's, it's funny. It's a funny film. Um, it's good. It was just popular. It was popular. But of, now for a generation of like uh, uh, older millennial nerds, it's like a core part of their identity. Yeah. Here's here's the uh, thing. Every time a film does a, what would these characters be like now? Like, let's go check in on them. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Like, do something new. It, it doesn't matter. These characters weren't designed to be to exist now. But they were Callum, just... e- Egon had a dream, all right. I didn't. It just it's just a, ghost, <laughs> it's a fucking Ghostbuster. This all means something. It doesn't mean anything. He's <laughs> stupid. Oh, he, yeah. like, we've kept his... Oh, he, so he left us with nothing? I wouldn't say he left you with nothing. Here's this shitty old car he left behind, which had the Ghostbusters <laughs> logo on it. Where, where, where the joke in the movie was like, it was a shit car. Yeah. That's all they could afford. It's like, it's like if you were to do a new Back to the Future and the time machine had to be the DeLorean. Like, I get that that's a, that's a, that's a central part of, like, Back to that the Future was, imagery, but the joke in the film is that it's not a good DeLorean car. The DeLorean was, was, was like, a shit and failed car. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if you were to do that now and treat it as, like, some big important thing, you, again, you're missing, like, they you're missing the joke. They of course they would. Anyway. If they remade Back to the Future now, and I've not seen Back to the Future the musical, but... <laughs> I, I can guarantee if they did like a where are they now thing with Back to the Future, the DeLorean would be some holy grail of, of like vehicle. Dark, you made a time machine out of a Vauxhall Astra. <laughs> yes, Marty. It's a great car. <laughs> out of a Ford Focus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, that's it. That's the joke, right? <laughs> uh, I guess the Ford Focus was too successful. Like the DeLorean, on top of being a shit car, was also a failed car. I yeah. can't remember like an example of like, yeah, my, Doc, you built a DeLorean a time machine out of like a Tesla. Out of, yeah, a, out, yes, of that, out of that, that Tesla, that weird PS1 looking Tesla car. <laughs> yeah, I want to yeah. do it some style. Uh, it's just like all of this, the, like films like from the past that just have to treat everything as some big important thing. Like, oh, it's, I, I get it. You want, you're going, you what you're doing to the audience is you're saying, you know about this. We know about this. Isn't that cool? It's not. Yeah, it's not, then, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, and then in Halloween Kills, the kills themselves felt a bit too brutal for me. Okay, I, like, I, I know, I, I like, I like slasher movies and stuff, but the film almost seems to be like trying to like spite you as an audience. They're like, you want to see Halloween film? Well, fucking get a good eyeful of this. We're gonna like torture these characters for no. It kind of came off a bit like Saw, like, and I don't really like the Saw yeah. movies. 
for that reason. It kind of harkened back to that kind of torture porn of the 2000s, which, yeah, I wasn't a fan of. So even the kills weren't really very entertaining. And a lot of the movie just goes around in circles of the townsfolk being like, we need to kill Michael Myers. Where is he? I think he's over there. Oh, he wasn't actually over there. And then they, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I've, I've heard that some of it is very funny. Uh, unintentionally so. Unintentionally so, because, because, like, the people I know who've gone to see it said that a lot of the audience spent a lot of time laughing in their, uh, in their showing, which. The, the movie asks the bold question what if the real monster is humanity? Hang on. And then they, and then they say, no, actually, it probably is the guy who goes around stabbing people. <laughs> he probably is more of a monster. I mean, yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, uh, but, the, so, but the real, the, his real, the real Joker's trick is how he turns everyone else into monsters too. Yeah, basically that's the ending. Great is that he Jokerifies everyone. Okay. Anyway, um, Halloween Kills. I went into it thinking, uh, how bad can it be? It will be an entertaining like slasher film for Halloween. Don't. I was dead wrong. I wish I hadn't spent my money on this movie. Yeah, it's gone, it's go gone Halloween now. No one's going to go see it. It's now. gone Halloween. Don't go see it if you if you were holding out for some reason. Don't go see it. Uh, this is probably bottom of the big list of Halloween movies. When I do my really? 40th anniversary watch through, 50th anniversary watch through in like 2028, I don't think this will be on the list. Uh, Booking it, it in now. Yeah, I've got a block out. Yeah, it's not quite as bad as 2002's Halloween Resurrection, which is truly the worst one. But at least that movie had the wake of had the um the the benefit of coming out in the wake of 9/11, so we were all traumatized anyway. <laughs> what one did we go see? Uh, we saw Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, we didn't see okay. Halloween. Right. Yeah, I got you to go to that because a girl you fancied wanted to go to it. Yeah. Whoopsie. Good times. Good, <laughs> Good times, teenagers. <laughs> teenagers, classic. I saw another film, actually. It's not on my list, but I saw the yeah. new... Well, did you see it because a girl you fancy went to see it? Oh, my fiancé did go and see yeah. it. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Well, there you go. And you had to impress her by, to impress uh, by going her. to see it as well. Uh, I saw uh, the new My Hero Academia movie. It was pretty good. Mm. Okay, nice. Uh, you, you're a big My Hero head. My yeah. hero fan, big my hero. Did, did it fan. meet your expectations? Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was good. I mean, the the films aren't. You, you don't canon. sound that enthusiastic about it. It was good. Yeah, it doesn't. Oh, I mean, it was, okay. it was more my hero academia. <laughs> it had some really great battles. It wasn't as good as the second movie, but it was. Um, no, it was a good time. I had a lot of fun with it. I reckon you could probably go see it without too much knowledge of the show, but it's uh, had some good, good, good battles. Had some good animation. Had a had a nice heartfelt story to it all. It was just. Um, yeah, it was good. It didn't do much new. It was just more more My Hero Academia in film format, which is what I needed. So I went to see that before I went to see Dune. I saw that, then had food, then saw Dune. It was good. Good times. Nice. I just feel like it, I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't say that I had seen it, especially because someone messaged me this morning and say, have you heard of this? And like, yeah, of course I have. Cool. Um, what's... Um, it's your turn. Yeah, it's my turn. About unpacking. Because unpacking is good. Yeah, so that's another game that's on Game Pass. But, but this I've... is a game that I want to play, but feels a bit too real for me right now. <laughs> it's uh, so <laughs> unpacking is a short. It's about two to three hours long. It's out on Switch, PC, Game Pass, Xbox, that, that those places. And you, uh, the goal is that you follow someone through their life. So from it starts in 1997, goes all the way through to 2015, and every few years. 
Um, they they move house or move place, and you are just unpacking their stuff into the new place that they're living. And in doing so, like you don't see any people in this game. You don't like. There's no cutscenes of people talking or anything. You just you just putting together a story based on the items that you're like unpacking and the like the the places where you where you are. And so you just follow this person's life through like almost twenty years just by unpacking their stuff. It's got like a, a, a pixel aesthetic, so everything is is pixel art, and you go into each place. So you start off with like a, a room that's just one room, and you're just unpacking boxes and putting things in their places where you wherever you decide that that that, that place for that thing is, and then you're done and you move on to the to the next house and then you you unpack the boxes you put things in their places everything's got a, a satisfying sort of click and clunk as you as you put things in different places like every every surface has a different like sound effect based on what item you use there's there's there's, there's got to be thousands of sound effects in this it's not like everything has the same tap sound when you just put it down every item makes like a realistic sound based on what surface you're putting the item on and it's just this incredibly satisfying experience experience it's very relaxing i played it all in one day because i didn't I, once i started i didn't want to stop i just kept going um it's been about yeah two and a half hours <laughs> just going through everything unpacking this person's it's normally that way when you're unpacking isn't it you don't want to stop you don't want to stop exactly place. yeah it's um i mean saying that i've still got looking around my study right now i still have <laughs> things in boxes and i've lived here for almost a year so I, what my plan is actually, I'm, I'm, I'm planning to actually do something with the study because I just sort of we've been focusing on other rooms in the house over, like over the course of the past year, and there's still a lot I want to do in the study, so that'll happen at some point. But yeah, it's it's this nice, it's this nice relaxing experience. If, if you like, like the best part of moving for me, and there's not a lot good about moving. Like a moving is a strictly is typically a stressful experience, but when you've got the furniture in place and all that's left is to take things from boxes and put them in their right places. So you don't have to worry about furniture layout or anything. All the furniture is there. All the shelves and everything is set up. It's just taking things from boxes and putting them in their places. And that's and that's a very satisfying thing to do. After you do each level, you can also do like a a, far, a sped up playback where it just shows everything leaving the boxes and going into their places, which is which is very satisfying to see. It just will be like, here's what you just did. Do, 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 everything going into all of their their spots. Um, it's good. Yes, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a it's a very nice experience. I'm not sure how. Like, I feel like it probably is worth buying. Like, if you wanted it on Switch, it's a good three hour experience for like eighteen pounds on Switch. But it felt I, I couldn't justify buying that on Switch when it existed on Game Pass. If you get me, I do get you. Yeah. All right. Maybe I should. If it's on two games to play on Game Pass, then it's on PC. I, I, feel, I feel like PC is oh probably the best place to play this because mm-hmm. just because it's like like on on Xbox, you're controlling a <laughs> cursor with your controller. Um, whereas on PC, obviously, you're controlling a, a cursor with your mouse, which is obviously easier. Um, but I had I had a good time. What's great actually the the amount of detail in the pixel art. So like there's a she has like um, consoles that are like era specific, and she has like a GameCube that she brings with her. And while it's while the GameCube itself is designed in a way to sort of like avoid copyrights, then the pixel art of, of the, like the game boxes, like you can never you can't it doesn't you can't it doesn't specifically like say a title, but if you know like these games you can tell exactly what games they're doing with these boxes. Like, they've basically copied the game boxes, but in pixel art form for, like, 
all these different games. So I saw like Wind Waker and I saw Metroid Prime and Mario Kart. And she, there's like DVDs and she, like, she brings a copy of um, Ghost World right, with her throughout her entire life. Like clearly it's a very formative DVD for her. And you can tell it, it doesn't say it's Ghost World, but just by like looking at the cut, like the pixel art, it's a very small pixel art, but it's like so well done that you can tell exactly what films they're going for. Um, it's really great. I, I like that a lot. And just the story it tells is is really, it's a story that's been done before. Like it's just about someone like moving in with people and moving out of people. And like you, like you know these sort of people that they're moving in and out with, but it's done in such a way that where you're sort of piecing it together yourself just by looking at things that feels very unique i guess it's a unique game um nothing else really like it i think it's i mean how many games exist about unpacking for like items and furniture good it's good times um and my partner's also interested in like she saw me playing a bit of it last night and was like i want to play this and so she's going to play through it as well but you both have real world unpacking to do yeah but that's not <laughs> as relaxing as not as relaxing as this, unpacking, this, this unpacking which, oh, which, right. which you can get done in 30 minutes you know to, mm. to unpack an entire room as opposed to we've still got to buy some of the furniture to our, for our unpacking into so you know what tell me about this oh my god Warhammer I went tournament. to the, the London Open Warhammer tournament which was on the 16th and 17th of October um, I think yes because that's a weekend uh, in London uh, in Camberwell uh, it was good. It was, I think, um, we had, there was a 40k and an Age of Sigmar tournament. I was in the Age of Sigmar section, which is the fantasy game. And we were, I think it was about 35 of us. Yep. 36. Uh, yeah, it was a very fun event. I did really badly. Really? <laughs> yeah, so I brought my Vampire's Army this time, Soul Blight Gravelords, and I thought I would do better than I did last time. But... Nope, my they the goblins did better, I guess, than my I don't know if I just played them badly. I think um Yeah, how I think many, maybe uh, So how many like matches did you play? Was it just like, you one? So, so everybody plays five matches over the course of a weekend and you know your your ranking is determined by um how many you win. So it's number of wins. Yep. Um and I didn't expect to like do like a mate top the charts or anything. Like I was there for like Basically, to play five games to have a fun time, uh, but yeah, I did. I did do pretty bad. Um, I only won one game out of five. Oh no! Sadly, uh, yeah. I think I just my strategy was off. I just maybe my list wasn't that good. Uh, maybe I think what I needed is so I played a vampire list. I had a lot of like hero character types, but what I didn't have, which I thought I saw in a lot of other lists, was like one quite like big and valuable unit. Like I think everyone had like. <clears throat> Most people I lost against had a model that was like their like big model that cost like you know was like a fifth of their army costs. In oh, points. so you hadn't you hadn't studied the I, I did I didn't beforehand. I, yeah, I get I just I didn't have anything like that. I could have included something like that. But I just I just didn't, and I think maybe my heroes died a bit too quickly, or um, yeah, or maybe I I think I kind of I I was a bit too afraid of losing like my my smaller units, my chaff. I should have just thrown them into battle and that's had why they that's why they're called that, chaff. that's why that's why they're called chaff. Yeah, I just didn't play it as well as I could have. Um, so that was a bit I, that was a bit frustrating at times, but I did have a very good time. So you still had fun um, though. I still had fun. I still had a lot of fun getting five games in, having a little social on Saturday night. It was good. I would recommend looking at what's the, when the next the next London Open will be in like February, I think. What's the prize? The prize? Um, I don't know if they're. Is like a distinct prize. You hope this. Um, 
There's like a no. There's like I don't even know if there is a prize. Think a bottle of champagne or something. Bottle okay. of prosecco. Okay. Yeah. Are there like so. professional tournaments as well? Um, is this, is no this a thing that is a, is, a, is this like a thing like could it be like esports? You know, where people can be I, really I'm good at sure it. I'm not sure what the. Yeah, but you do get like really big tournaments, like grand tournaments. I don't know about prize money though. If anyone's able to do it professionally, like um, Warhammer tournament. I'm searching now. Yeah, Warhammer. <laughs> I didn't think GT you were just saying it out loud. Prize money. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Warhammer uh, tournament, and then get the knowledge from there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think like the the. Googling, I think, kind of the the biggest like prizes I can see in like the world is like a thousand pounds for winning, like which is not very, not like very much. I could get you like, be, like convent- three figures. Yeah, exactly. Um, unless I, if I'm wrong, someone tell me. But yeah, it's it's not something that like you can be at a professional at. Okay. That's um, that's fun though. I'm glad you, I'm glad you had a good time. That's nice in a way. I don't. You, know, you don't necessarily need this was like an open, so it wasn't like a GT, which is considered like a more serious competitive thing. Uh yeah, I've learned a lot of lessons. I think I'll be back next time with maybe a better list. Maybe with, like with a vengeance. Dra- a vampire lord and a zombie dragon is what I need. I'm gonna get one of those. We all need that. We all need that. I'm always saying that, that every morning. I'm gonna like, lead, vampire gonna lead my lord army to and a zombie dragon. On a zombie dragon as well. You know what I fancy, darling? I really fancy a <laughs> vampire lord and a zombie dragon for breakfast. <laughs> Just get it in my mouth. Um, <laughs> anything else you want to say about Warhammer? Um, no, not really. I'll be at probably more events at some point. My final game to talk about yeah. is... Remember that Animal Crossing? Um, I've, I've heard of it, yeah. Well, it's back, Scott. It's back. It's there's, back. there's DLC for it, isn't there's it? There's a big did old you, load of did DLC. Did you get the, the Switch Plus membership like a chump? I don't need to answer that question. You fucking chump. Uh, I signed up to the family plan. So Chump. it's cheaper for me because <laughs> I'm, I'm on it. My partner's on it. My brother's on it. So you can yeah, you can be that, on it if you want. That, that's cheap. Okay, you can kid yourself into. Do you want to be on the, my uh, family plan? Uh, how much will I have to pay you? Uh, like five pound. Um, for the year. Hmm. Maybe it's pretty good, isn't it? Pretty good deal. We can talk about it. Yeah, yeah sure. Let's talk about it. I, I I can have up to eight people on it. And it's just oh, the, it's just oh. the one the one price for the year. It costs me fifty pounds for the year, up to eight people. Okay. It's not bad. Yeah, sure. Okay, so it's all right. Does that mean I don't have to pay for my Switch online? Yeah, either. Just give you five pounds. Oh, in that case, I'll definitely do. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'll right. get you. Okay, I'll, I'll disable my auto renew. Yeah, exactly. I'll get I'll get you on it. Um, so Animal Crossing has had a massive update uh, over the past couple of weeks, uh, which has introduced basically all the things that were missing from the start. So you've got like okay. the, you've got Brewster's cafes in there. You've got uh, that you can you can spend money to build a workers' cooperative. Like okay. they, that's what they actually call it in game. Like you go you go to Har- remember Harv? You know he's like the weird pervy dog who's got like the uh, yeah. casting couch island. Uh, well, he's <laughs> yes. he's setting up a workers' cooperative on his island, and you can go over there and you can you it's like a th- hundred thousand bells per shop, but you can build like eight shops there. With like you get like the fortune teller, Leaf gets a shop there, Crazy Red gets a shop there. 
Cyrus from New Leaf gets a shop there. You know the guy, who, the 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 husband and wife duo who like oh, customize yeah. the furniture. They get a shop there, and they call it a workers' cooperative in game, which just needs funding from you. And you can just go there and go go to all these shops and things. It's um it's pretty cool. Uh, Cap'n's back. He takes you to a little island where you can get gyroids, gyroids, and he sings little songs for you. It's got a bunch of extra stuff. You can farm now. You can cook. There's like food and things. It's just a lot of extra content that's been thrown into the game for free. It's the last update they're doing. So I've been doing the back, getting back into that over the past few days. I've, I was tempted to start my island afresh, but I thought if I did that, I wouldn't be able to do any new content like anytime soon. So I've just kept my island. I've changed up, changed up a little bit, made some space for like farms and stuff. And I'm just having a really nice time with it. It's just that game is so good for winter of like cozy sort of autumn winter times just like huddled up on the sofa playing through it and it's yeah it's, I'm enjoying being back in being back into Animal Crossing I've also they've also like there's a paid expansion pack called Happy Home Paradise which is a sequel to Happy Home Designer which I really enjoyed for the 3DS uh, I've not jumped into that yet I've just downloaded the update this morning because I didn't realize I had to actually download a separate update for it and so I'm looking to, forward to giving that a go. That one sees you like go to different islands and you can build houses for other animals um, to certain specifications, which is looks like a pretty deep expansion to it. So they've really sort of gone all out and in making this Animal Crossing, giving it, giving it the things that everyone's wanted over the past year. So hopefully that will get people back into it and playing some more of it. It's fun. I'd recommend... Jump back in if you've if you've left it for quite a while. It's it's a good yeah. time to get back in. I, I don't know if I'd ever go back to Animal Crossing now. I think I've had my fill. That's fine as well. Um, got some good stuff to it. I've also tried with, with that with that expansion that Switch Online expansion pack, which is absolute shit value, by the way. Did we talk shit about this last this, time? I think we did. Um, I think we did. It's pretty. It's like double the price for some N sixty four games. Double the price. And you get some N64 games, none of which have aged particularly well. Like, I played some of that Yoshi story. Uh, unless it's apparently... It's, it's uh, like... Uh, unless apparently eight people go in on a family plan, then it's fine. Yeah, that's that seems worth it. But otherwise, it's just... Yeah, so that's... The, the, the ports apparently aren't great for the N64 games, but they don't... I mean, the N64 uh, like, like all of well Nintendo anyway. stuff, it's going to be like a bare-bones port job. Like a competent emulator, yeah. but nowhere near like what you can find out in just the emulator community. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> the Mega Drive games work pretty well, and there is promise of future uh, other things being added as well. So I think I think the increased price takes into account the stuff they're planning to add, but that's not. Well, really I'll tell you what. Right now. I'll I'll pay them the money when they've added it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you won't have how to. About they give, how anyway. about they give me the content now, and then I'll pay them if I think it's worth it. Those yeah. charlatans. <laughs> so I've been doing Animal Crossing. Um, it's been good times. It's relaxing. It's it's sort of what I needed right now. I've been trying not to get into anything too big because, as I mentioned before, like Final Fantasy fourteen was meant to be coming out on the 19th, uh, as is Pokemon, uh, so, as so is Battlefield... Get into this news story of Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. Let's get into the news I've story. Heard been, I've heard there's been a delay, Cal, to one of your favorite games. There has games. been a delay. So I've Final Fantasy XIV... feet and banging your fist on the table and going, wow, I'm wah. not. 
my, my guess. That's not what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> so, two weeks before release uh, of the Endwalker expansion pack, which is promised to be the biggest expansion pack for Final Fantasy XIV, um, Yoshi P, the producer and director, basically on, on stream announced that it had been delayed by two weeks. And honestly, Scott, read this blog post about a two-week delay. Usually a two-week delay is like tweeted out saying like, we're going to delay it, we'll delay it by two weeks. Sorry about it. Here's the new release date. But you've got this whole blog post where he fully apologizes for it, says that the release date changed as a result of his own selfishness as the game's director because he wanted to, he kept on wanting to add, add in all these extra things. Um, he's incredibly like humble and apologetic about it. And this is the sort of thing I wish we could see more of in the games industry. Um, I, don't know, I, I just find this like an incredibly... like Final Fantasy XIV... And Yoshi P has always been very much a fan-focused... It's it's constantly felt like they've been apologising for the original release of Final Fantasy XIV for like 10 years now. Um, And everything is very much like on a... How can we do best by the people who who enjoy this game? Um, And this is just like further testament to that. Yoshi P, he considers this his life's work. Like he said before that Final Fantasy XIV is like his... He, he's like he what he wants to be remembered for um and i think he truly cares about how people respond to it and doing right by the players um so it's been delayed by two weeks and he cried on stream when announcing it which you know again just doesn't really you happen don't see in the that too often industry, i don't think pardon you don't see that too often you don't see that too often like this is someone who's in charge of a game and is also taking full responsibility for it so people don't get mad about like at the his, the other employees yeah do do you, do you also is it unfortunate that you need to like make such a massive apology where yes, of fear of the game yes yeah. yeah absolutely uh, I he, mean, he like, does see he seems quite compassionate like uh, he does recognize in his like statement like people might have taken days off to like play yes, the game exactly. and he's like he does apologize on that front but it's kind of like a nice gesture um, I hope the community has been or Cal, has the community been okay about this? Yes, mostly. Received, uh, most most backlash. most mostly. of the community, from what I've seen, has been very supportive of it. You've seen like people like responding to his like video of him being upset, saying you don't need to worry about it. Um Final Fantasy fourteen is typically a very welcoming and kind community, but that's not to say that there isn't some people who are upset and I mean I get it, you know, you've you've booked your time your your time off for it. Um I've done that in the past for games and you might have to now rearrange that time off and potentially just be using it for nothing. Um, I get the frustration, but I just don't think it's worth it for this sort of thing. Like it's, this is someone, this is, this is a team who are putting their all into making sure it's as good as possible. And, and a delayed game is, it's good to delay games. I feel like I, I truly believe like it's, it's, if you're going to delay if I a had game, my way, no game would ever come out. <laughs> like what's like people would say they're worried about like crunch or anything but my understanding is that he doesn't allow crunch with the development like people work six hours once you don't once you take out lunch and things and he is very adamant that they don't work like overtime like sometimes he said that staff have like personally chosen to work overtime because they they feel passionate about a uh, like a, an extra thing they wanted to add. But I think I, my understanding is he is very typically pushed for no crunch in his game other than himself who like works 
incredibly long hours to make sure that everything gets done. Um, so I don't see this as being like a negative for the staff necessarily. It's just he he alludes to um, server stuff. Like it's where's where's the bit in this in this blog post where he states. Uh, <clears throat> smallest nuances ensure a rising currency in the finest points blah 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 final quality assurance is stability here you go ensuring the stability of also anticipate large amounts of congestion across all game worlds release expansion while, while lacking adequate stability truly sorry so I feel like this is partly as a result of the recent popularity of the game like it's always been relatively popular but in recent times, with the with with World of Warcraft being kind of shit in the situation that Blizzard, Persona non grata right now. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of people have have migrated to Final Fantasy fourteen as their MMO of choice, which has caused a massive congestion on the servers. Like, I've, there's not been a time recently where I've logged into the game and not had to wait in a short queue. Like, I've, I've, I'm I'm always yeah. waiting in. At least, I'm waiting for like at least a couple of minutes to get into the game when logging in. So, it, it, when you launch an expansion, that's always a busy day anyway. So with the servers already being congested, I imagine there is some concerns there about what sort of state the game's going to be in when this expansion launches. So it's hopefully they can get all that sorted and it will launch without too many issues. Like there's definitely going to be queues regardless, but I suppose we'll see. But I, I just wanted to highlight this obviously because it's my favorite game and I thought this was a really nice way of handling this sort of thing that you don't see in the games industry, especially as we're about to get into some less good things with the games industry. Um, we'll do another sort of like softer story. Tell me, <laughs> what do you think about cinematic universes, Scott? Um, I think they, 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 they've done some interesting things and some not so interesting things. And in recent years, some really not interesting things. Yeah. But go on. You, is there going to be, a, is there a new one for me to enjoy? Would you want to see a Mario cinematic universe? Um, I can't say I would. No. Well, but tough. Why? Oh, fuck. Seth Rogen, Donkey yeah. Kong, solo <laughs> yeah. movies in development. So you've got the Mario movie coming out next year, which has got like all the characters. Seth Rogen's will be playing Donkey Kong in that. You've got Chris Pratt as Mario, Jack Black as Bowser. Well, Seth Rogen's getting his own Donkey Kong film. I imagine that that's going to be the, the start of another solo movie for someone else. And you're going to have all these films culminating in another big film at the end of it and you have to go see all of the Mario movies in order to keep up with the lore of the of the Mario world how do you feel about this uh I feel like this is doomed to failure I feel like no one's gonna want to watch a Donkey Kong movie I want to see a Donkey Kong movie I just don't want to but you don't want to see him cross over with Mario I'm already exhausted about the idea of having to keep up with Mario movies does this mean that we'll finally see Pauline and Mario like in um, what's his name New Donk City Mario Odyssey definitely well Pauline I can guarantee let's do the Odyssey this will be either a prequel movie or oh no it won't because Seth Rogen's Donkey Kong isn't Cranky Kong because Cranky Kong's also in the Super Mario movie and Donkey Kong's his nephew I fucking know um, but <laughs> Odyssey, yes, yeah, Odyssey, yes, yeah, I would like Odyssey, it. I mean, if they would, yeah, if they wanted to do a new Donk City movie, then give I'll, I'll watch that. <laughs> but I just the idea of just having a bunch of movies about 
give me a Luigi's Mansion movie. If you're going to give me anything, I would like a oh, Luigi's yeah. Mansion movie. Sure, why, why not? Oh, God, we're going to get a Mario movie every two years, aren't we? <laughs> uh, That's going to be a thing going forward. I can't... It's very weird that I I went from fairly kind of okay expectations about the, the Mario movie like six months ago to really actively hoping it fails. Yeah. Which is a shame, but... I want it to... I never... I never thought I'd want Mario to fail and Sonic to succeed, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Maybe I just watch the ball in a Japanese dub, so I'd have yeah, to hear not? these voices. I know they're being made with like the American voice actors in mind, but fuck it. Maybe I'll just do it so I'd have to listen to Chris Pratt. Did you see his weird Instagram post recently? Uh, I did not. No, don't look it up. No, did what did he do? What did he say? He just he did a post about his him and his wife, um, and it was just like really weird. It was about how how into him she is. It was meant to be like a love okay. a love post about very her, weird. but the entire post was just about how much she likes him. Oh, it's very. Did, did odd. you know Chris Pratt is like a weird fundamentalist Christian? Yeah, yeah, he's super into Christianity. Like uh, I, he, he did he, an Instagram story very, the other day. He's like about a fundamentalist Christian, and also like apart from his personal beliefs, which whatever they're his, he donates a lot of money of his vast fortune to like right wing political causes as well. Yeah, he does. That's like yeah. The, the real bad thing is he uh, like a lot of anti gay and just and just shit politicians. He donates yeah. money to. He's he's really gone off the deep end. Of this stuff, I feel like he's got into, into the, like you look at pictures of him now, and he seems dead behind the eyes. Like Basically, he seems like Chris a completely Pratt's, different person to who he, he was back in like Parks and Rec. He, he, he's not he's not the cheeky chappy that he portrays on screen. He is a pretty shit person, really. Yeah, it's a shame. <clears throat> um, so we'll see what happens with the combination of those films. Maybe it'll end in a Smash Brothers movie or something. That that um that that Chris Pratt post. Makes me think of the, the Kevin Smith tweet. Do you know what I mean when I it's say it's honestly the along Kevin those Smith lines? Tweet. It's it's that sort of post <laughs> along those those sort of lines. You could put those together, and they could be like, yeah, it's 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 not good. It's not good times. Um, Smash Bros. Obviously, yeah. a, a culmination, a bunch of different characters from different things coming together to fight. What if you did that for another property? What if you saw? Warner Brothers take all of their properties, such as, you know, like Space Jam 2. What if they made Space Jam uh, 2 but yeah. a fighting game? Are they going to solve their abusive work practices while they do it? No. Oh. Uh, oh, then I guess, <laughs> I guess I'll guess i play my Space Jam fighting game. Um, like, so okay, okay, Warner Brothers. The leak yeah. is, is announced. <laughs> there's yeah. been a leak where um, Warner Brothers are making a Smash Bros. style fighting game. Which will have characters from all of the different properties. So you've got things like Shaggy from Scooby Doo, Tom and Jerry, the Joker. Fred Flintstone fighting Mad Max and Johnny Bravo and Gandalf. Oh yeah, because they produced Lord of the Rings, didn't they? Yep. Steven Universe, Batman, Finn and Jake from Adventure Time, Rick and Morty. I, the Gandalf is the one which made like the rest of them. Whatever I could see them like coming together, but the idea of putting Gandalf in this sort of fighting game feels yeah. they, they, wrong. They distributed Game of Thrones as well. I don't know if they got any rights to Game of Thrones. Well, they they put him. They put Game of Thrones world in Space Jam Two, so probably. Oh, uh, they did. All right, so uh, we'll have um, what's his name, Jon Snow fights Gandalf, but also Tom and Jerry are there. 
Yeah, exactly. Can we just... Can Bran stop? <laughs> I think... <laughs> I I'm think I just want Bran to stop now. There was one... In 1994, Sakurai... A man called Sakurai had a vision to yeah. just make a game where different Nintendo characters, like, fought in, like, a brawler. And today, like, nearly 30 years later, this is what's happening. Yeah. This is the it result. It just goes of that. to show: never dream or create anything, because it will be turned against you. I just, what must the Tolkien estate feel about this? Well, like, uh, Chris, they Tolkien. don't like some of the films because it deviates from the books anyway. So imagine like, how have they got to feel about the fact that they're doing, they're sticking Gandalf in a weird fucking. Uh, maybe game. maybe all the all the money they're making is gonna make it better for them. I don't know. I'm not sure they make a lot of money from it. I'm pretty sure, sure the licensing and licensing things. Licensing Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but I don't know if they. I don't know if like it's some weird old contract where they just don't make much money now. I'm sure they probably make some money. Oh, most one, definitely. Maybe I don't know. But then you've also got this Amazon like Lord of the Rings thing. Yeah. Is that separate to Warner Brothers? I think so. I think that was like a new license. Tolkien estate licensing income. Weird. Google's not going to tell me. <laughs> so um. it sounds absolutely shit. It apparently might be a free-to-play title, um, and then Future Castle will just be sold as DLC with the first DLC fighter being LeBron James from Space Jam. Yeah, the basketball but that's player. exactly what the character didn't want in Space Jam Two. He didn't want to be a computer man, and now they're making him a computer man. Yeah. Yeah, because none of that matters. Like, oh, it doesn't matter. Christopher Tolkien, like, you know? Christopher Tolkien's dead. So I didn't realise Christopher Tolkien had died. Oh, I really? feel bad for I feel bad for all those bad things I said about him, but then I can't stand the dead, so whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't realise Christopher Tolkien had died. I'm sorry, Christopher. Well, there we go. I, I, I didn't mean you to heard call it you here all first. those names. <laughs> or last. Not sure. Um, I just... Where does it stop, Scott? Uh, it, stop, it never stops until they've made all the money it's possible to make in the universe. I mean, that's, that's the truth. The brand that <laughs> produces the most spice controls the universe. <laughs> and, we, and, and we're all just like being mined for spice. We are the spice. Right? I just... Everyone needs their fucking crossover shit now. It's exhausting. Um, brands them. Bad companies. Yeah. Talk to me about this Ubisoft thing. Uh, so Ubisoft, as we know, is a company that um, abetted and ignored abuse in its workplace uh, for many, many years. And that came out earlier this year. Uh, with a lot of um, of accusations, basically CEO Eves Guilmo, who basically tolerated rapists in his company, and um, while he denies knowing anything about it, it feels hard to believe that he didn't know anything about it, given that a lot of these yeah. people are his close friends. Anyway, um, at that time, um, the group of Ubisoft employees signed an open letter in July, slamming Ubisoft's leadership's uh, empty promises because Ubisoft. Uh, kind of put out a fairly mealy-mouthed, uh, shitty um, kind of apology uh, while not really taking much action. 
So yep. thousand Ubisoft employees, uh, current and former, kind of put out this open letter, and basically Ubisoft's done nothing about it. Yes. Uh, the organization is called been 100 Better days. Ubisoft. Yes, and in a hundred days, um, basically uh, they've done nothing. And even Activision Blizzard, who is also a shit company that's doing very little, has at least made some kind of commitment to increase. Um, as a better use of issued a fresh statement writing, only yesterday Activision Blizzard committed to increase the number of women and non-binary workers by fifty percent, to invest two hundred fifty million to accelerate opportunities for diverse tales, and to release annual salary transparency reports, which you know are still, uh, but. And they're doing that because there's like a workers, a forming union there, ABK yeah. <clears throat> Workers Alliance. Uh, so Ubisoft, however, has done shit all. Uh, so other than kind of vague assurances. So basically, Ubisoft's still terrible. Uh, and they're, they're not even doing kind of a bare minimum. No, they're not. And they companies. seem to be speak like, they sort of just seem to be moving forward business as usual, which yep. is the wrong way to be doing it. At least like Blizzard have just announced that they're, and again, I don't think Blizzard are good. Um, but you've got Bobby Kotick, yeah. who said that he's going to cut his salary down to the minimum salary, which is $60,000. He's not going to be taking any more bonus, although this isn't actually going to hinder him at all. Although Bobby um, Kotick is a billionaire, to be clear. He, he is a bit, he, he doesn't need to earn another penny in his life. No, he doesn't. So, so but it, yeah. But, it's, but from uh, an ego perspective, like the rich, the rich, like their whole goal is to get richer, right? So for his ego, I imagine this probably does seem like a big thing to him, I, even I though it actually so. isn't. Hit, it's very empty. It isn't actually a big thing. Yeah. But I imagine to him, He's thinking this is gonna this is gonna be a big thing, um, and they've they've change over there. They've announced that uh, Overwatch and Diablo Four, Overwatch Two and Diablo Four, have been delayed to 2023. Uh, I imagine and, as a result of all this shit. Yeah, the, the kind of the brackets I hear in that is like until this has died down. Yes, Don't exactly. We, yeah, we we sh- we shouldn't let it die down. No, exactly. It's, it's still ongoing. Uh, hopefully. Like, like if those come out in two years time and the culture is improved and i think with the openness that things are going on we will know for sure whether it has done or not then i could see myself well we'll know if they're the union if union well, yeah, exactly kind of continues. Yeah. yeah then maybe that they, those games will be worthwhile but if not i think like there's no way they could release them in the next year and not have people just like completely boycott because those they games. Ca- they've cancelled this They've cancelled BlizzCon as well, yeah, because they don't want to be asked open questions. Exactly, it's a massive like thing, and whereas Ubisoft seem to be doing nothing. All right, so Cal, you love Ubisoft, right? You you're, you're a big fan of Ubisoft. Have have you have you ever wanted to give them more money for fictional objects? <laughs> no. Yeah, so no. like going well... into how they're just sticking like business as usual. <laughs> They've like rather than <laughs> rather than focus on the shit that they've got going on, they've gone, hang on. We're gonna develop blockchain games. What do you can you explain these to me? Cause I I feel explain like every what? time, right, I, even even with this article we're about to get into, like the whole NFT blockchain game stuff, I feel like no one, even the people making like claiming to be making them, knows what they actually are and what they can do. Uh what what part do you want me to explain to you? Any of it? What's a All blockchain right, game? So, so a blockchain is like a network of computers that work together to create um, a like decentralized and distributed like set of data, uh, like records, basically. There's a way of like making a set of records that is like 
decentralized and like quite secure, I think. Okay. Uh, so, and it is easy to because because all the computers are like networked and because of the way that they produce like these records, it's quite easy to verify that data exists, and it's okay. like hard to lose. Um, which so. It is a real technology, so blockchain yep. is a real thing that has real kind of applications. But also, it has become a buzzword. But it's like it's the new tech buzzword that companies want to put into everything to like, because that's like currently what people want to invest in. And you Apparently. can use blockchain to do things like cryptocurrencies. Yes, uh, because uh, a cryptocurrency is supposed to be like a decentralized digital currency. Um, that um, and the reason why you kind of need something like a blockchain to do it is because um, the fact that all the crypto transactions are recorded on blockchain means that you can't just say I've got like a million Bitcoin or whatever because it has to be verified by the chain. Right. So that's 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 why blockchain allows you to do something like a cryptocurrency. Uh, it doesn't give cryptocurrencies any value. It just means that you can no. do something like a cryptocurrency. Uh, and similarly, an NFT. It's called a non-fungible token, and it is basically um, a record in the blockchain. Um, basically, you're paying to have something recorded in a blockchain, and normally it's that you own a specific digital asset. This isn't okay. recognized by law. Like, this ownership of an NFT isn't recognized by law, and you have because they're digital assets, you have no real way to stop people from, say, just reproducing those assets. Um, or yeah. like enforcing like, your ownership. Like it's in a any whole way. thing with like having pictures, right? So people like a lot of people so have NFTs. A lot of a lot of NFTs pictures. are currently like pictures, like JPEGs, basically. Yeah. Uh, and there's nothing to stop someone from right-clicking save as on your JPEG that you own and just reposting it elsewhere. Um, but they would know that they don't from... own it, Scott. They, they they would know that there's not a note on the blockchain saying that they own it. So uh, even though that you have no way of like enforcing your ownership of that picture in any way, and it can, and because it's digital, it can just be reproduced endlessly. There's a note on the blockchain saying that you own it, and if you you could, in theory, in the future, sell someone that note on the blockchain saying that they own it, if they wanted to buy it. Uh, so basically, NFTs are like pure speculation. There, there's no actual yes. value involved. Uh, it is just purely a speculative bubble. People paying money for things because they think in the future they might increase in value, but yeah, probably not. It is is a bubble that's gonna burst. I, I fucking a lot of this it. art okay. also like a lot of the like NFT art is shit. Are computer generated as well, so a lot of them are like you. I don't even you get stuff like lazy lions. I think they're called where it's like it's a picture of a lion and a computer will like generate a new one. And that lion may have like sunglasses on or something, but that's a unique picture that you can pay money for if you want. Uh, and they're yeah, also like so, uh, it's like really bad for the environment as well. Yeah, also it's massive amounts of power it uses because, to make these. Because the way the way this stuff works is like in order to kind of control how much can be produced, but also as part of just verifying that the the thing is genuine and is on the blockchain, a computer to like generate a new NFT or like generate new cryptocurrency, mining cryptocurrency as they're called, has to do a lot of complicated math, uh, basically. A lot of maths. 
that that uses up a lot of processing power. And also, the more the bigger, the longer the blockchain is. So, like the more crypto that you have in the system, or the more um, NFTs you have, it takes more computing power. The mass gets more complicated. So over time, yeah, the computing power required, um, like increases exponentially, basically, which means that you get um these massive crypto mining warehouses uh that use a huge amount of energy and it's real bad for the environment don't it's just you shouldn't do it but but a company called ubisoft which by the way has a horrible working environment and aided and abetted rapists for years also is coming up with a way um to have blockchain and nfts in their games they're yeah. gonna have like a play a quote play to earn system uh, which they've been investigating. The so you might be able to play, play a game. Play a game. You <laughs> you get an NFT as part of the game, and then as you play more and develop that NFT, you will then earn money because it will be worth more, or you'll earn cryptocurrency as part of the game, or something. Like what's what's very clear from here is that they don't actually know what it is. Like they've not actually said how this is going to be beneficial to you as a player, other than the idea that you might be able to play a game. And earn money from playing that game, which sounds a bit like gambling. Yeah. It's so basically don't don't go in for cryptocurrency or NFT. It is pure speculation. Yeah. The bubble so, will burst. Uh, did you read that um, NFT Mario Kart thing? That sort of ex- like someone tried someone who's like big into cryptocurrency tried to explain like sell someone on the potential future of NFT video games. Have you read it? I, I didn't read it, no. Let me I'll read it out to you now. So it's not it's not long, but they, they sort of like they use Mario Kart as an example of why NFTs are good, but it actually sounds fucking terrible. So this is this is the quote. Imagine being able to earn money by playing Mario Kart, that indefatigable Nintendo spin-off series from the pre-internet Super Mario. You wouldn't have to be all that good at it. You wouldn't even have to play it 24-7 because in this mind experiment, you get to be Mario for as long as you like. You get to be him because you own him. Because your Mario is an yeah. NFT, he's impossible to duplicate. You and you alone own him. And because you own Mario, your go-kart is always better and faster than the ones piloted by other familiar faces in the Mushroom Kingdom like Luigi, Toad and Princess Peach. So off you go, earning the kingdom's digital money, Mario coins let's call them. Given market economics, you might have to pay more for NFT Mario than for, say, NFT Peach, but then you'd also earn more, because here in the Mushroom Kingdom, Mario is the fastest player. When you step out of the game and back into your day job, you still own Mario. When you start playing again, Mario is there, waiting for you, waiting to earn you Mario coins. You could sell Mario to another player if you like. If you've played Mario right, he might be worth more now than when you bought him. Maybe you've demonstrated how lucrative Mario can be. Maybe more people want to play Mario Kart. Maybe Mario Coin has soared in value because everyone is talking about it on social media. And that's what they're trying to build. Which sounds fucking shit. First of all, Mario's not the fastest character. That's Toad. I mean, yeah, right? of course. Get it yeah. right. He's just First not. Of all, Toad's yeah. a fast one. Mario's the all-rounder, all right? Yeah, what they've, what <laughs> they've done there is gone, Mario's the most popular, so therefore he must be the best. Uh, but also, like, so you could make a closed game system in which you cannot duplicate your Mario NFT, but there, there's nothing to stop someone from, say, downloading the assets of a game onto, like, a pirated thing and, like, replicating that. Or also, if a game but is also, a completely closed system 
where no one can duplicate your Mario NFT, then you're entirely dependent on the continued maintenance of a system from Ubisoft to be able to continue to sell it. Also, you're dependent on people wanting to play. Like, who wants to? Like, okay, yes, you are. You, you're getting into this game, right? And someone owns the best character, and so they're always going to win. Who the fuck's playing this game? No one's going to play it. <laughs> but if you grind, Cal, you might have enough money for Mario. It's basically microtransactions, but, yeah, but no one's going to play it. You, they're trying to give you Games the illusion that your microtransactions have value outside of a game. They don't. It's it's madness. Like, this sounds like a bad game. No one would want to play this. I'll oh, I can never win because I've not got the best character, and to get the best character is going to cost me loads of money and hope that someone will sell it? All right, Cal, I'll sell you a JPEG of Mario for £2. Sold. All right, done. <laughs> it's, it's just, just really, like, for my so Ubisoft wants to get in on this as well <laughs> and develop games which utilise this NFT sort of thing, but they've not really said how it would we, work. We don't know like, if this Even that, that quote doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Uh, we don't know if this will ever actually come to fruition. Uh, it, it may be that the bubble bursts like long before they actually get anything to market. Yeah, we'll I mean, see. places like Steam have said, like Steam have said, we're not like we're we're banning them from the marketplace. And there's no NFT games available on the Steam marketplace. They're not allowed, like because they recognise that it's bollocks and bad for the environment, and all that shit. So just see companies like Ubisoft be like, we're going to get involved with it. Is just really shitty. Elijah Wood is big on NFTs. Yeah, like his entire you can't Twitter. I was, really di- I was really disappointed. Devoted to, to learn. it now. Yeah, he um he had to apologise because some of the NFTs he got or bought was from someone who was a Ku Klux Klan member. Well, it will just happen, won't it? So who who hasn't bought a digital asset from a horrible racist? So he had to apologise. This is Elijah Wood, who's sort of like been notorious good boy until now. And now Elijah he's like, Wood, he's stop his money Twitter on account. NFTs and make more indie movies. What are you doing, yeah. mate? Well, his entire Twitter account is uh. just dedicated to NFTs now. It's fucking crazy. It gives people brain rot. I swear, like, you get involved in this thing and suddenly you have to justify what you've done. It, it's a pure speculative market and it attracts people because they think they might get rich quick, but they won't. It's just surprising for me for like Elijah Wood, who's sort of just been this artistic indie boy for ages, mm. to get involved in this sort of thing in such a way that he has to apologise for supporting a racist. I just, it's it's absolute madness. And that's, uh, we'll see what happens with Ubisoft, but if case you wanted a reason to dislike them more, this is definitely, like the fact that they're focusing on this and being open about this when they've got all their shit going on is just... Real gross. Um, ending on a nicer story, or not a nicer story, but like a, 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 a less horrible story, I guess. Um, oh, I'm looking at one of Elijah Wood's NFTs. I, I'm just going to right click and save as. Maybe I'll use it as the, pro, as the picture for this. For this yeah, thing. let's do it. All Which right. one do you want? Um, I want doll face, toy face. Uh, I'll send it to you. Okay, send it, send it across I'll, to I'll, me. I just right clicked and save as, mate. So I'm going to send you. Okay, thanks. We'll use that as the we we'll use that as the podcast image. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just cool. madness. Um, you seen Squid Game? I've not seen Squid Game. But everyone's talking about it. Everyone's talking about I, I, it. I saw a good React article on a, a pure take on a Squid Game, which is um, I think it's published on the Verge, uh, and it was like. 
Everyone say it. The director of Squid Game says it's about capitalism, but it's actually more like about communism. Yeah. <laughs> what if this thing that the director says is about the thing I like was about the thing I don't like? Yeah, it's really weird. But it's it's super popular, which is um impressive. Like it's 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 really taken the world by storm. I'm gonna watch it at some point. I'm kind of waiting for the hype to die down a little bit so I can watch it sans hype. Like I feel I feel like hype can sometimes yeah. ruin things a little bit. Um so I would like to watch it when when it's died down a little bit, but I'm I'm definitely into the idea of it. Um but there is a Twitch streamer called Lydia Ellery and her handle is Squid Game and has been for about ten years. Uh and now it's in jeopardy because of the perceived association with the show and it's costing her work. Um so She's been flooded with hateful messages as a result of it. People have tried hacking her accounts due to the association, all because for a handle that she picked because it was just a silly name. Um, she's had to turn off her notifications on Instagram. And it said it's also like cost her work opportunities because people don't want to employ her due to the association with the name. And I suppose this is the risk of having like like solo people having to sort of like stake their online identity or brand around their screen name like because if you've chosen a screen name 10 years ago there's nothing to say that that's suddenly going to be like it might just be some some other thing in the future then you then have to change the results of it i mean we think back to my quickle situation which is nowhere close to what she's I going was through say, how, how's project call me by my name going uh it's not going <laughs> they've they've not, not got your name back i've still not right. got i've still not got quickle back um I sent the. I had to send Twitter like some screenshots to prove that I used the name Quickle, and then they didn't get back to me. So I am stuck with that without the Quickle name on Twitter. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what we what can be, or if anything should be done about this. Like it's it's. I don't know what I want to say about it. <laughs> it's a pretty shit. Well, it's just another case of some massive company makes a decision that affects someone's life. And they'll never feel any consequences of that, but the person in question, you know. But do they yeah, need the to feel the consequences? Like, 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 would they necessarily need to know about this? Like, um, what's the what? Who's who should be like? What should Netflix have done about this? Like ahead of time, yeah. Should they should they have said we can't call our show Squid Game because a Twitch streamer uses the name Squid Game as well? Yeah. Like, who owns that title? I guess. Like, what? Where? When? When does it become a thing where you have to change it for something else? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a cultural thing, right? Like, the problem is, she's got all these, like, horrible messages. Uh, yeah, so that's horrible. Which, if, if like, gaming culture wasn't so horrible... Yeah, you'd probably be alright. But... I wish I had an easy solution. Yeah. just I just thought it was interesting, personally. But, uh, to, yeah. for, worth bringing that up. Um, and that's the end of the news unless there's anything you want to add in no that's fine my heart goes out to the Twitch streamer squid game yeah i hope that she manages to bounce back um i thought it would be more light-hearted than it ended up being so let's try and i've got a question of the week if you want to end on actual light-hearted notes uh question of the week for you it's something i thought about over the past few weeks what is the pettiest reason i know you, i know you don't really use twitter or anything like social media that much anymore anymore but yeah from the, in the past what is the pettiest reason you've unfollowed someone on twitter or social media for because i bet there is definitely one where you think <laughs> i'm being petty here by unfollowing them but 
Like, what do you, do you have a scenario where you've unfollowed someone for just a petty reason? I'll give you my example if you want. Okay. Go um. Ahead. So there was a games person that I followed for ages, and they tweeted, uh, saying lots of people like the Persona Five soundtrack, but actually it's shit. Listen to some real jazz, and. <laughs> I just felt really annoyed by that, so I unfollowed them. Like it's 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 that sort of like weird antagonistic negativity which puts me off of people sometimes. Like yeah. it's so needless. Uh, like if 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 people get into a, a type of music for like because of Persona Five, like let, let's say Persona Five was someone's first sort of jazzy soundtrack, and that's the first they've ever heard of that. There's nothing wrong with being really into that music as a result of that game, just because you've not had the history of like jazz beforehand doesn't mean you're wrong for liking it like the persona 5 is objectively good music and it just felt like such a sort of like well it's not the good stuff from the past so it's actually bad and just so so, such a fake such a yeah exactly such a needless sort of like gatekeeping thing you've never even heard of um roy donk or paul buffano yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly (laughs) like it's it's such a like i I followed i unfollowed another person who's like just so needlessly um antagonistic towards that sort of stuff because it like these are the same people who are complaining about people gatekeeping in the games community without realizing that they can also be doing that by being like weirdly negative about stuff that people like so i yeah that's that's my like pettiest reason i think i've unfollowed someone for saying that they 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 for not saying they didn't like the persona 5 soundtrack for saying that they think that that, that, that it is categorically bad i was just like no nope, not all right with that i'm unfollowing you needlessly negative i don't usually do that i usually give people a few more chances but this this it just annoyed me for some reason um have you got one yeah there there is a writer whose work i do actually enjoy uh but they're a writer in kind of a games sci-fi kind of space uh they write a variety of things but they they made a tweet once basically kind of um complaining about um people doing nanorimo and like saying it's hard and being like i'm a you know, professional writers sighing at yeah. people starting NaNoWriMo. And that was kind of annoying. But then someone, a couple of people replied being like, oh, that's a bit of a shit take. And it was like, uh, basically had like a very like sarky response. And yeah, it was a bit shit. Didn't appreciate just, that. But it was, that but the it was thing a bit is, it's, it's like so weirdly sort of like... And I, I kind of get if you are like a professional writer, you may be, um, you know, seeing people who are kind of amateurs. Um, talk about that might you know might make you if you that's something you do every day for a living it might you know you might roll your eyes a bit but just let them have it yeah why why do you need to why do you need to put other people down for just doing something fun exactly it's exactly it and i see it so much from people who like it happened honestly it happens a lot in like left-wing spaces where things aren't exactly right and so therefore it's bad and it's i just it just feels weirdly gatekeepy and sort of closed off sometimes, yeah. I think. Something that's not petty, which I usually unfollow people for, is whenever you get a scenario where it's like, body shaming is bad, unless it's men I don't like, then I I, sure. you, I don't have any time for that. Yep, fair. Body shaming is bad in general. Um, yeah, it is. Don't do it, don't guys. Do. Just just let other people be. Don't You don't need to comment. Have you, Keep your thoughts to yourself. Absolutely. Completely agree. Um, that, that's what, that should be Twitter's tagline, really. Twitter, keep, keep your thoughts to yourself. Keep your thoughts to yourself. <laughs> no, no one wants to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, that's Twitter in a nutshell, isn't it? People just keeping their thoughts to themselves. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think that part of this is the problem of, like, for whatever reason with Twitter, every tweet is treated with as much importance as, as every yeah, other tweet. Yeah, I was, I was thinking this. So you, like, linked me to someone. I think you mentioned it in the last podcast, someone on yeah. Twitter, uh, who, like, hyperfixated an M&M, which I enjoyed those tweets. But just looking at that tweet thread, um, I was really glad I stopped using Twitter because I think that is a major thing, is that every tweet is weighted with equal importance. So what Twitter yeah. becomes is like a never-ending series of crises. Absolutely. Yeah. it's um, It can be exhausting at times. That's why I stick to just... Uh, I've got notifications set up so I can I just look at the tweets with, with things of I want to be notified about and don't look at the main timeline. I just I can't get involved with the constant um the constant whatever whatever the focus is that day. I just it's always just it's bad. Um cool. Well that's the end of the podcast. Uh join us in a few weeks' time where we'll be able to just we'll be discussing more games more more movies more shows you know what the podcast is about you just listen to it uh we'll be doing more of this next time uh scott thank you very much for joining me where can people find you online if they want to pettily uh you can you? check out you can check out my instagram at scott vah scott va scott vah and then also you can check out my painting instagram at scott hunter studios if you want to see me on the on the internet on the web if you want to see me surf in the web um, you can follow my Twitter at CalDowty, C-A-L-D-O-U-G-H-T-Y. That's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a great few weeks. We will see you. Now go out into the desert and mine some spice. And watch out for the worms. Goodbye. Goodbye.